Well, good morning. Um, as you gather here from what Mark said earlier, we're carrying on in the book of Peter, 1 Peter. Um, and if you're visiting, I'm sorry you've missed chapter 1 because we're just diving right there in the deep end at chapter 2. And basically, we're doing a series and we're following through Peter. And today, we're looking at Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. So I'll read that so we all know um, the bit of scripture that we're focusing on. And the title today for the talk is Living Stones. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. So a little bit of introduction to this. 1 Peter and 2 Peter are obviously written by Peter, and they were written in 62 or 63 AD. And what Peter is doing, he's anticipating persecution spreading out. At the time, the ruler was Nero, and um, there's been a big fire in Rome, and he's blamed it on the Christians. And Peter is anticipating this trouble radiating out. And so the, the, the letters of Peter, um, like the letters of James, they're to, to, to Christians that are being persecuted, and this persecution is going to get more and more and more. When Peter wrote wrote this letter shortly afterwards he was arrested and tried and when he wrote to Peter he actually wrote it from prison awaiting persecution so for me these letters he knows what he's on about he's got the t-shirt he's writing from a place of knowledge I don't know if you remember um, I think it was John yeah John chapter 21 what I call the breakfast on the beach scene with Jesus and it's in the time frame between Jesus resurrection and Jesus ascension and Jesus is on the beach and the disciples have gone back to their daily kind of fishing and they've gone out and they've come back and they haven't caught anything. And Jesus shouts from the beach. He says, have you caught anything? And they say, no, not one fish. And he says, well, throw your nets in the other side. And they throw the nets in and they, they pull them out full. And Peter, the penny drops, that's Jesus on the beach. And he jumps in the water and he swims back and they have this conversation. Jesus is cooking breakfast over coals and Jesus says to Peter three times, he says, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And that is what Peter is doing here. He is spiritually feeding the flock. He calls, he refers to um, the believers as living stones. And they're living stones because it's, we're still being built. It's not a finished project. Um, because of that, I've given it an architectural theme. So we've got three points, foundations, walls, and roof, because I like to keep it simple. So foundations, we'll start with foundations. In verse 6, it says, See I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. 
When um, Harley Way Estate was being built, um, I'd reserved a plot. And I used to drive over eagerly every Saturday morning with my camera and every Saturday I built up this kind of photo album of, of it. And I can remember like week one, hole. Week two, bigger hole. Week three, hole with a metal grid in it. Week four, metal grid with concrete on it. And it's the foundational bit seems to take ages. But the reality is, is, is that's the bit that's important. That the, the base, what your foundations on are is important. And Peter here is saying to, to the people, they've got to have their foundation on Jesus. Their foundation on Jesus, focused on Jesus. They've got to have that assurance in Jesus. I prayed about it and I thought, how, how, how Lord, can I show what that assurance in Jesus is? To have that foundation, to have it absolutely solid. And I felt God take me to the scene with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And I don't, you'll all know the story, but Lazarus is ill. And Mary and Martha call for Jesus and he, he doesn't appear. And then the next morning they probably wake up and Lazarus is deteriorated. And they look out and they, they, they must keep looking out across the Judean desert thinking, any minute now we're going to see some smoke, we're going to see some, some dust. Jesus will be walking towards us. But you know the story. The reality is Jesus doesn't get back in time. And almost to add insult to injury, Lazarus dies, they have the funeral, and Jesus still isn't there. And Jesus turns up four days later. And as a visual for assurance in Jesus, the conversation between Martha and Jesus when she meets him shows where her foundation is. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and to Mary to comfort them for the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She's not, the, the moment isn't dictated by her emotions. They would have been raw. She was bereft. She's lost her brother. What was going on wasn't depicted by the physical, the fact that she knew that her brother was dead and in the tomb. She said, but I know. She knows that no matter what it looks like here and now, Jesus can sort it. Jesus is there with her. So my question is, can you see beyond the moment? Is your foundation that secure that when you lose your job, you can say, yeah, I've lost my job, but I know Jesus is in this with me. You have bad news with your health. You're told that your health isn't so good. And you can stand there and you go, yeah, my health might not be brilliant, but I know Jesus is walking through this with me. Your marriage might be strained, and you can say, yeah, but I know Jesus is in this. You might have a parent who's really ill, and some days it can look bleaker than bleak, and you can say, yeah, but I know that Jesus has got his arm around me, and he's propping me up, and he's saying, lean on me. Get your foundations solid, because then when the storms hit, you've got that strength
The wise and foolish builders from Matthew chapter 7. It struck me when I read that that the, the houses probably looked the same from the outside. And actually the bits that, that you couldn't see was the bit that was different. And in the wise and foolish builders, the two builders depict two different types of people. The one builder is the believer and the other builder is the non-believer. And in with the houses, in the same way that you couldn't see the foundations, the bit that mattered, I think you could apply that to Christians. You could walk down the high street in Birmingham, you could walk down the high street in Bridge North. From the outside, you wouldn't be able to tell who was a Christian and who wasn't, maybe. But the bit that's inside, the bit that's hidden, that is the bit that makes the difference. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 12, each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. We have to trust in Jesus, not worldly possessions, not wealth, not popularity, not qualifications. We have to trust in Jesus. Which moves me on to to walls. In verse 5, Peter wrote, You also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. The living stones, the people of God. We live in a barn and um, I was sat in the garden having a cup of tea and I was kind of pulling things together. And it struck me when I looked at the outside of the barn that all of the bits of stone, they're slightly different sizes, they're different shapes, and to a degree they're different colours, but they do the same thing. Each layer of stone supports the layer above, and each layer of stone is equally supported by the layer below. And in the same way that as Christians, whether it's within this building, within the wider community, even globally, we support, it is absolutely vital that we support each other. But equally, there'll be people within this building, within this community, that support us. This week, Don supported me in prayer. There'll be other weeks when I'll support Flame International in prayer. It has to be that that, that kind of connectedness. And the reality is, if we're, a, if we're living stones, if we break away, then we, we reduce the rigidity of, of the building, like a, the structure isn't as strong. Bravely, I've got a Jenga game. I'm not quite sure if I want to do this now, but have we got any volunteers? Howard. Go for it. You've been, you can, right. This could go really horribly wrong. I'm really hoping it doesn't. Okay, Howard. Remove a stone, a living stone. Okay. Is the building stronger or weaker? Trying to remove a stone. I don't want the visual to be... (laughs) (laughs) It's all in pieces on the floor. (laughs) OK. 
Okay. Thank you, guys. I'm not going to carry on with that, but the point is, do you think I should do it two more? <laughs> Go on, then you can have do one more each. One more each. No, we don't want it to fall down. <laughs> well done. Pressure's on. No, no, please don't. <laughs> well done. Thank you, guys. Take a seat. Thank you. But my point being, as walls, we have to stay in it together. We have to support each other. We have to work together. Um, it's interesting that one of the end-time prophecies is that Christians will fall away. And I think more importantly now than anything, we have to stay knitted together. That verse I just read you, the, the, the walls verse, um, Peter says, you like living stones are built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. The irony is that they were probably the one religious group at that time in that setting that didn't have temples, that didn't have priesthoods, and that didn't have altars with sacrifices. They were meeting in homes sharing bread. Peter is trying to get them to think at a different level. He's saying, okay, look around us. The Greeks probably had their temple to Diana. You probably had, Dagon had his temples. Um, Baal had his temples. But Peter's saying, think higher than that. We have got a temple. We are the temple. We have got a priesthood. We are the priesthood. And we do offer sacrifices we offer spiritual sacrifices. When we spend time in prayer, we're sacrificing. When we spend time lifting God's name, we're praising him, we're sacrificing. When we spend time being obedient to what he wants us to do with our lives, we are sacrificing. So actually, we have got all those things, but better. Roof. Put down for roof. Roof keeps out the rain, and the rain produces the rot. The reality is, if you've got a derelict building, once the roof has gone, the whole thing is just in a worse state of repair. I think it's a sad fact that about 97% of teenagers or 20-year-olds, when they leave their home, and they go to uni, leave their faith. And the reality is, they may have gone to church for years earlier, but when they move away from home, they lose their faith. And what's normally happened is they've, they've worn their parents' faith. They've probably gone to church every week, but they haven't, they haven't made it personal. They haven't spent time in the Word and made it their faith. Um, in verse 8, Peter talks of stumbling. He says, A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And we all know he's talking about Jesus. And he's talking about Jesus in that context because the reality is, for a lot of the Jews, they did stumble. They did fall. When Jesus came along, they didn't get it. The reality was... Jesus came along and he said, 
I am the son of man. Perform miracles. I am the son of man. I am the son of man. The Jews, in their books, had the book of Daniel. And the Jews were all waiting, and some of them still are, for a Messiah. Waiting eagerly for a Messiah to come and, and, and save the day. And Daniel had a vision of the Messiah. And he wrote it down. Let me just find it, hold on. Four, five, six. Daniel says, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. He was coming with clouds of heaven. He He approached the ancient of days, and he was led into his presence. He, Jesus, was given authority, glory, and all sovereign power. All nations and all peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never, ever be destroyed. So Jesus comes along with the power of the Holy Spirit, performs miracles, resurrects the dead, and says, I am the Son of Man. And they stumbled. He was right in front of their eyes, and they stumbled. And if I had an altar call today, it would be all of the teenagers, the 20-year-olds, don't stumble this has obviously been put in front of you, your parents have brought you, plug into it, spend time in the word. Don't let the rot get in. Because I think the more of the word that you've got inside you, the less room there is for any rot, and it pushes it out. Fill your heart, your head, and your spirit with this. I'll put it another way. If the Prime Minister invited you to tea... I think most people would make the effort and go down to London. If the Queen sent you a birthday invitation, you and 89 other people are invited to her 90th birthday at Buckingham Palace, a sit-down meal. I think the reality is most of the women here would be buying a frock quicker than they could RSVP. But Jesus is much more important, and you can spend as much time as you want with him open invitation, you're not limited, it's not one day in the year, you can do it every day. Fill yourself with the word. Keep out the rot. To conclude quickly, foundations. Lay your foundations. Spend time in prayer. Lay your your foundations so that your assurance is so strong that when the storms come, and they will, storms will come, you can stand there and you can go, yeah, but I know. And you can have that assurance that Martha had, but I know Jesus is with me in this. Walls, we are the living stones. We support the layer above, but equally we're supported by the layer below. Nobody is more important. We're all in this knitted together. Don't forget what Peter said. We are the temple. We are the priesthood. We are the sacrifices. And roof. Keep out the rot. Feed on the word. Don't risk stumbling like many of the Jews of the day did. Don't, if, if, if you've got the word in front of you, spend time with the word. Don't reject Jesus.